from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. We've been asking people to head on over to iTunes and give us uh, a five-star review. Or yes, any, so all of you right now, review, if you really. have not given a five-star review. Yeah, go do it. Go do it. But um, I wanted to read. We have our hundredth, our hundredth review <gasps> came in. So we're very excited. I'm trying to pull it up right now on my phone because I did not Was come it a one-star, five-star? We, we take five all reviews. Review. We don't discriminate against reviews. We take all of them. We, so, we prefer the five stars, though. Yeah, now we said that we would give. Well, Luke said. I get, I already, randomly. I'm giving 100 bucks to that person. Give I don't think that's technically a good marketing. Like, you're not supposed to do that in marketing, but I don't care. $100 for the 100th <laughs> review. I'm doing it So anyways. we had our 100th review. It actually came in after we released our podcast with Beth Traverso, which was an amazing podcast. I think that was 101. Yeah, she's a rock star. Episode, uh, no, no, no. That's It was like 108, something like that. 109. They all blend together. They all blend together. But here was the review. Five stars. Thanks for interviewing Beth Traverso, Washington real estate realtor, or Washington state realtor. (laughs) Dude, I'm so in real estate. Got so many action ideas. Every podcast, I get something to jumpstart my business. So thank you, Amy ZB. We would have already reached out to you and uh, given you, I think. Yeah, she's. uh, I've been uh, communicating with her on Instagram. Yeah. We found her. How does she choose to uh, uh, claim her 100? She actually is a client of ours. Yeah. So we offered her a $100 visa gift. Card or put it towards your I think magazine as she ordered. Yeah, she ordered yeah. postcards. So thank you so it's much. It's like Amy. crazy, awesome. That's <laughs> like so could it not have worked out better? <laughs> well, today our guest is everywhere. You have to yeah, have heard of him if you are star. in real estate and following real estate. Uh, his name is Brian Casella. He is the leader of Team BC Real Estate in California, a real estate mentor, host of the Supreme Being podcast. His YouTube channel has over 150,000 subscribers, and he has a coaching program, Modern Success, with well over 300 members. So, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on Stay Paid. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. These are always fun, and uh, I'm always excited because every podcast episode that I do, something very funny or something super crazy happens. So (laughs) we'll see what happens on this one. It would probably be both, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I think it's the jacket that's competing for the super. Yeah, you guys I mean, got go to check YouTube. out this video. Yeah, this uh, over statepaidpodcast.com, man. Yeah. I love this jacket. Yeah, this jacket is awesome. Hey, it's a real honor. I'm going to tell the audience. I mean, it's an honor for us to be able to interview you, man. And I really mean that. Absolutely. Like everybody who's been following our journey as our clients, we have a ton of clients that listen to the the podcast. And you know, as we've grown Reminder Media, I was just telling Brian before you know we came on the podcast was just saying that we I had first found him on YouTube mm-hmm. and it was because I was trying to cha- or train my callers like, Hey, the idea of co- cold calling and real estate and that the real estate agents that they're calling go through the same thing they yep. do. They call FISBOs, they call expired listings and all this good stuff. And we, we had YouTube, you know, cold calling expired listings and Brian's video had come up and it was an awesome. And then from there started, you know, watching all of his stuff. I mean, he's a freaking rock star. And what I love about it, and I want to get into this whole cold calling and everything, I really just want him to share his wealth of knowledge. But I love that he, the reason why his content is blown up, this is my personal opinion, 
The reason why he has over 150,000 subscribers is because he's just literally doing it. He's not just coaching. He's doing it. And, and there's so many coaches out there these days. There's so many influencers, but a lot of people aren't really actually doing it. And he's actually showing you how to do it. He's doing it himself. And that's really, really powerful. So Brian, really appreciate you coming on, man, sharing your knowledge. If you could just introduce yourself to the audience for the few people who don't know who you are in real estate, if you could kind of share your journey how you got into real estate, what led you to doing the YouTube videos, and what really brought you up to where you're at today. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Brian Costello, I'm 33. I'm in Southern California. I've been here pretty much my whole life. Uh, if we go back, way back, when I was still you know, in my teens and as a kid, um, I picked up a, a basketball at age 11, and I obsessed about basketball. Um, I dedicated my life to it after like a year, and I said, okay, I'm going to the NBA, and no one's going to stop me. Um, I had a chip on my shoulder since I was a kid because obviously I wasn't tall or really physically gifted uh, when I was younger. I didn't really grow or develop my physique until probably after high school, like 1920. So, of course, everyone's telling me it's a waste of your time. Don't do it. I ended up playing uh, varsity in high school. I got a scholarship. I played in college. I ended up playing professionally overseas for a few years. So I kind of destroyed my haters way back then and doubters. <laughs> and a lot of them were from my own family, which is a crazy part, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, oh, that always stuck with me. And I brought that with me into the real estate business. You fast forward to age 25, my third year, um, I injured my left ankle for the second time, got a second surgery on it, decided, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not playing basketball anymore. Come back to the States. I'm 25 and change. A uh, little upset because I feel like my dream got yanked away from me. So I played the victim for about a year and you know, griped and complained and cried like most people do, right? Then one day I woke up and said, okay, I got to stop feeling sorry for myself. I'm only in my mid-20s. I got my whole life ahead of me. I start exploring and saying, okay, what do I want to do? I know for a fact, for a fact, I don't want a nine-to-five. Like I'm, I'm, I would put a bullet in my brain after a week if I got a nine-to-five, so I can't do it, <laughs> but I got to figure this thing out. And keep in mind, my whole family and everybody who I'd grew, grown up with and knew were all straight nine to fivers. Hey, that's what it's about, the steady paycheck. So I have them in my ear. You know, I have my own demons that I'm fighting because I just left basketball and I'm trying to figure something out. Stumble across a real estate office randomly, um, ends up being, what's funny, my first basketball coach when I played NJB, National Junior Basketball. His oh, name was wow. David. I walk into that office. It's his brokerage. He runs a Century 21. I knew he was in real estate, but I had forgotten. So mind you, when he knew me when I was a kid, I came up to his waist. I go into the office now. He's in. He's at my waist. So I'm like <laughs> looking down. I'm like, hey, David, is that you? You know, I'm used to looking at your chin. Now I'm looking at the top of your head. Like this doesn't make any sense. But we ended up talking. I uh, liked what I saw, liked what I heard from him. And he told me, he's like, dude, I remember how you were as a kid. Like I would teach you a move and you would just obsess about it and practice it over and over until you mastered it real estate would be really good for you. And before I continue, I want everybody to know, David in the beginning was the only person who told me I would do good in real estate. Everybody else thought mm. I was nuts. You don't know sales, you don't know anybody, you don't have any money now, uh, you're not a people's person, you're not this, you're not that. That's all I heard from everybody except for the broker. Oh wow! So I'm like, okay, sign me up, dude. I do the classes, I get my license and I originally started following Mike Ferry when I started, right? The godfather of real estate back when I started in 2013, end of 2013 when I got licensed. YouTube wasn't what it is now. I couldn't really find any help, but everyone said, hey, you got to sign up with Mike Ferry. Sign up for the coaching. So I did that for a year. And I literally just took everything he said as the gospel. 
if, if, if we can, you know, make it simple. And he said, knock on doors, make calls, work on your skills. I said, okay, I don't know, but I got to learn. So <laughs> that's all I did. I just obsessed about that. And I got into the whole self-improvement side. You know, I've gotten certified as a master NLP practitioner. I've become a certified hypnotist. I've gone like that whole a certified that hypnotist. Did I hear that right? Hypnotist. Yeah. Yes. No correct. way, dude. That's also, you do that on the phone to people. You try to hypnotize them. <laughs> No, and it's funny because a lot smile, of smile. I think you do. No. <laughs> a magician never reveals. You know, I, I I do like I've worked with people close to me that you know like for example one of the biggest things that they do hypnotherapy with is somebody who wants to quit smoking as an example right okay, to help yeah. them. To me, it was more I wanted to understand human beings more, the mind, and really understand like what makes us tick and the whole science behind that. Like I'm real okay. geeky in that sense when I want to learn. What, what attracts people, what repels people. I wanted to get down because my whole goal when I started was, dude, I want to be a master communicator. Mm. I want to be able to communicate with everybody from the lowest tier uh, person all the way to the top. Like I want to have the ability to at my table, if I can call my friends, I can have people from all walks of life, all levels of wealth and everybody and everybody I get along with and I can communicate with them. That's awesome. Right? So if you drop me off anywhere in the world, very quickly, I'll be known and I can get where I need to get. Because that to me is the key that people have swept under the rug. Now that we have technology and phones, I truly believe that people have forgotten the importance of communication, hmm. right? But th that's different. We'll continue with the story. Uh, and my first year, two, three years in real estate was just hard work, man. I think for three years straight, I probably worked six, seven days a week. I knocked on a minimum of 100 residential doors a day, wow. minimum, and made 200 hand dial phone calls a day, every single day without stopping, no matter if I felt good, if it was raining, if it wasn't raining, and it was just a clear obsession. After the two and a half, three year point is when I started building my team, and about six months or a year into real estate is when I started doing video. Now, I originally did video because I saw something that other people didn't see. I started sending like text message videos to clients as a follow-up sometimes, mm. you know, because they wouldn't pick up my calls. And I saw they would always respond. Mm. And I saw the next interaction, they shifted a little bit. And it's like all of a sudden they trusted me more. Mm. I started spotting these things that other people didn't spot in the beginning because mm. um, that's kind of how I am. I really – I look at things and I observe a little bit more carefully than I think the average person. So – that's what really started racking my brain. And I was like, dude, I'm not even good at video. I'm not that great of a speaker yet, but there's something here. I need to start doing video. And it just, it just became this, well, hey, I'm going to do a video blog. People blog and they journal, which I do. I might as well just put videos out. And that's like my virtual diary, we can say. And I just started doing that. So for the first year and a half, probably two years, I didn't do any videos teaching people stuff per se. I was just showing my listings, telling people what I was going through, books that I read, or maybe a real life scenario that I handled because of some datum that I got from a book and I share that book. It was very just, hey, this is what I'm doing. Come check it out. Hey, I'm about to knock on 100 doors. I'll report at the end. Hey, I knocked on 100 doors. I got no appointments, but I got five leads. It was mm. fun, mm. right? And that's it. And it evolved from there. And then people coming and asking for help is when I started shifting to teaching more. But I just, I think I, I just buckled down, man. I put my seatbelt on and said, that's it. I'm riding this until the wheels fall off, you know? <laughs> well, I want to get into more of your video on kind of how that's really helped your, your, I guess, your journey and your lead generation and your, your real estate business in general. But before we do that, we talked a little bit about cold calling, right? So kind of a controversial subject. We've had a lot of people on our podcast saying cold calling is dead. Nobody does this anymore. 
Luke and is they over are here. Not smart. He's, he's they are not smart. They are not smart. But yet, <laughs> but yet, our, our third um, highest downloaded podcast is uh, called uh, "Becoming a Cold Calling Master." Right. Our most popular ebook on our website is our guide to cold calling. Second most popular above the noise on our YouTube channel is Three Principles to Cold Calling." So people are still obsessed with it, They're, even though you've got this 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 hatred sort of, for it. Yeah, this loud. They still want to know how to do it. They still want to know how to do it. So I guess kind of talk to us a little bit about why. Why you think that is, and then why is it kind of a hated subject, but then so many people are still drawn to it and want to learn by, obviously, from your own YouTube channel, yeah. so many of your popular videos are you cold calling. Great questions, guys. By the way, you didn't realize it, but through my whole story, I planted three suggestions into each of your minds. So if later on today you find yourself clucking like a chicken, just know it was me, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> Just kidding. That's, just kidding. That's, that's um, just a Tuesday night for me, Brian. I don't know. That's I don't know that you Tuesday had anything to do night. with it. Josh going down the hall. He makes a mean Chewbacca sound. Go ahead and do it for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a, he's a Star Wars nutcase. Like he freaking loves Star Wars, geeks out on Star Wars. Anyways, awesome. we, we, we go cool. tangential. So cold calling. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the beginning, what fascinated me before I knew anything about cold calling I remember my my broker telling me, yeah, you, you can knock on doors and make calls. And it just blew my mind. I was like, so if there's a million dollar home and I knock on the guy's door, or I make a phone call and he agrees to list the home with me and then I take it at 6% and I just represent the seller and I keep 3%, I make $30,000. He's like, well, yeah, I mean, you have your splits and all that, but yeah, that's the commission. I'm like, wait, from knocking on somebody's door or calling them? Like, are you serious? Like, really? So right there... Everyone immediately, I think, looks at cold calling from like a negative frame saying, oh, I got to call a stranger. Mm. When I just saw the opportunity, I was like, holy. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get cussed out. I'm going to get told to fuck off and all that. Sure. But the opportunity, I was like, dude, who else can do that? Who else That's can call point. somebody and then make that kind of money? This is insane. I was like, why isn't everybody beating down your door to come work here? <laughs> And everyone's looking at me like I'm on crack. I'm like, dude, this is incredible. I was like, I'm doing it now. Give me a phone. I don't even care that I don't know what to say. Let me get in front of somebody. Mm. And that was just my attitude from the beginning. So if people <laughs> still haven't made that connection, this is an incredible opportunity. Now, even if you don't sell real estate, it's still crazy that I can call somebody or knock on a door and I can get, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I can get somebody's personal information very quickly, you know, social security, phone number. And that's cool if... You have good intentions and you want to sell them something that they need, right? which yep. again, to me is very incredible because there's a need out there. We're the lifeblood of capitalism. We sell, we move commerce. We're, I think, the cogs in the machine. And without us, nothing's going to get done because you need the salesman. What happens when the person needs to make that decision and they're a little hesitant? Well, you need the guy who's good at sales to be able to lead them through to make a decision, right? So- in my mind, all the connections started coming about how powerful and good this is. Not bad, good. And from there, it was just trial by fire, man. I just started making calls and making calls. And I think by my second day, I was like, you know what? I'm getting my ass kicked, but it's not as bad as I thought. It's more me creating these scenarios in my mind and creating these fears mm, that's, that's really powerful. stopping me. You know, And I, I realized it wasn't the script because I was using the same script as everybody else, but I was getting better results. I started realizing, you know what? My approach to this as a student and learning communication and understanding uh, you know, tonality and mirroring and matching and personality types and all that stuff, 
that's allowing me to improve my communication and every interaction that I have, I'm getting better and better and better. And I've learned so much from it. Like I'm a great listener now and I used to not be. I used to be like most people. I would let you talk and I'm like, when are you gonna shut up so I can talk? That was my thought process, right? Mm -hmm. Now I can sit there and listen to anybody and I get compliments from people. Whoa, dude, like you listen really well. Mm -hmm. And when I hear that, I'm like, isn't that a shame that the average person doesn't even listen anymore that I get complimented for listening, for listening. to somebody? <laughs> That's insane. Like this is what we're supposed to do as human beings. So my whole thing behind cold calling originally, it came from like a fascination towards it, if yeah. that makes sense. I was just sure. like, great. So I pick up this plastic thing and dial some numbers and I can make 30 grand, 40 grand, 10 grand. This is unreal. Mm. And I think I started really doing well after probably a year of just consistently doing it and then honing my craft. Cause I didn't have, you know, someone like me on YouTube. I had my coaching call once a week, which was 30 minutes. So very limited. So I started doing my homework. If I noticed I'd call somebody and I kept hearing not interested, click, and they'd hang up. I said, okay, I'm hearing this, you know, 20% of the time. I obviously need to now create either a scenario where it doesn't happen, or I need a quick response or something to get me around it. And I started just using my mind and figuring things out based on some of the techniques that I was learning. Because if you're not learning about your craft while you're doing it, I think you're doing yourself a disservice, ladies and gentlemen. You have to be reading and supplementing the action that you're doing. Mm. And the first mistake I see people make is, I believe that's where their misstep is. Most people I think are too busy listening to podcasts and watching videos and not doing anything. And some people take a lot of action. Oh, here's my cat. That oh, is awesome. awesome. <laughs> the cat goes out. into the background. Seriously, dude, he's, he's an attention whore, just like me. So um, then you have some people who take a lot of action, but then they never work on their craft. So it's right. almost like just that brute energy and force, but you need to refine them a little bit. You need to find that happy medium where you're working on your craft and you're taking a lot of action. Those are the people I think that get ahead the most. But I would say 90% plus of people are stuck studying and, and wishing and not actually taking action. So that's slowly how I started building my skill set and just coming up with stuff. And from there, I started posting the videos like you guys saw. And by the way, that expired call you saw, I think I was like a year into the business, if that. That's crazy, man. Right? You were so smooth, and, too. Yeah, and I've put, I've put live calls. I've put role plays. I've put listing presentations. I mean, I put a ton of stuff on there just to show people. You know, and I get a ton of hate comments, but I'm like, dude, that was my first year in the business. Do you have the balls to put a video of yourself up making a cold call for the whole world to see? I don't think so, Jack. So sit down. Dude, that, you know? that right there um, is a golden nugget. Just that mindset, that attitude of being able to do that and say that. That's the way you have to be. That's the way you have to be. The people who don't make anything in life are the people who are judging others. It's like those are the people, yeah, that, that's, those are people that don't go anywhere in life. And they spend all their time, energy doing that versus actually getting something done. I'm curious, man, when someone says they're not interested, what are some of the tactics or things you've learned? Because we all face it. I mean, my guys, we face it on the phone. Uh, but yeah. what are some of the tactics you approach? Because you're calling someone out of the blue. They immediately mm -hmm. are saying, hey, I'm not interested because they know, you know, obviously you're calling Sales them pitch. out of the blue. Right. And you try sometimes to hide it. But I'm just curious your tactics, your thoughts on that. Yeah, great question, guys. I, I've experimented a lot with that, and I've realized that no matter what, some people are still going to hang up and just or shut the door on you, no matter what you do. Great point. One thing that I implemented that I do sometimes, especially like when I go door to door or I call, is the first thing I say after I say who I am is I say, look, because we're in real estate, I say, look, I'm not selling anything. Hmm. And that typically, and I don't say that and then pause. I say that, and then I continue saying what I'm saying. 
Okay. Or in the beginning of my call, after I introduce myself, I say, look, Hey, my name is Brian. Look, I just have one or two quick questions for you. And then I got to run. Hmm. And what I call that, and I've learned it's called, <clears throat> it's called a false time constraint, meaning hmm. you're giving them a time constraint because the first thing people think when you knock on their door or you call them and they pick up is how long is this person going to keep me on the phone? Right. So I handle that little voice in their head. Now that buys me the next, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds. Right. So that typically gets, gets me ahead of the not interested before you hear it. Now, if I hear it, you know what I do a lot of times it actually works guys. And most people don't believe me. I acknowledge it. And then I just keep asking questions. I'm not interested. Okay. Got it. Anyways. And I ask my next question and more than half of them will keep talking to me more than half of them. That I just, I don't skip awesome. a beat. You know why? You know why? Because that person who's telling you not interested isn't consciously yeah, telling you not interested. Response. Yeah, exactly. And I caught that going into the store one day and somebody asked me something and I said that and then I stopped. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even think about that. I just said it. But that person asked me a question 10 seconds later and I kept talking to him. I was like, you know what, dude? Yeah, I am here to buy a shirt. What the hell am I telling you? And then he yeah, helped that's me. That's so good. <laughs> right? That's so good. Yeah. Can I help it's, you? Yeah. No, I'm not so, interested yeah, in You it. walk Wait, in the store. I, I can I help you find shirt. something? No, no, you can't help me find something. Well, you just walked in my store. <laughs> that's five so five minutes later, you're, why is no one around here to help me? <laughs> <laughs> so so, yeah, so I, think, I think a lot of people, to add to that real quick, I think a lot of people want to come up with this magic response, but it's not about having these magical words that you say. It's not like I'm going to give you this one line where everyone's going to say, you know what, Brian, take my money. Like, that's not the way it works. Yes. I think it's more about your viewpoint on it and then how you approach those situations. Because more than anything, I know when I speak to people, the number one comment I've gotten from them is you, I feel very comfortable talking to you and you sound very certain in what you're saying. Those are the top two things I hear from people when I ask them. Because mm. let's say I talk to an expired and they've got, I'm like, sir, how many calls have you gotten? And they're like, well, a hundred. Well, let me ask you this one question before I let you go. Why did you stay on the phone with me versus everybody else? That's and I ask question. this to people. I ask this to people and they say, you know what? I felt comfortable talking to you. And what you say sounds and feels right. What everyone else says sounds like bullshit. That's what they would tell me. So I know, okay, it's my delivery, which is the confidence. It's not the words. And the fact that I made them comfortable, what I think it is, is my calmness on the phone. Because even though I may be having a crazy heartbeat or nervous, I make sure that when I speak, it comes out a certain way. I make sure that my throat isn't tense. I make sure I'm not uh, tensed up like this talking. I make sure I'm standing up, which by the way, if you guys aren't people listening to this, if you're not standing up when you make calls, stand up and your voice projects better. I know if I can just deliver what I'm supposed to deliver like this, everything's going to be okay. And my whole focus just was on that. So when I would role play, and I don't think I told you guys, I used to role play, practice two hours a day when I started for a year straight, two hours a day. Most people don't even make phone calls for 30 minutes. And I practice two hours a day. Like, again, we're like, oh, isn't that overkill, Brian? Absolutely. But that's how obsessed you have to be with communication if you want to get good. Yeah. Nobody enjoys these activities when they suck. Neither did I. Ask Michael Jordan if getting kicked off his high school varsity team was fun. He's going to tell you no. Mm. But now that he's a legend, he's like, of course, I love basketball because he's incredible at it. Who enjoys an activity that they suck at? Nobody. But you got to earn your position to be good and then enjoy it. And that's what people miss. They keep looking at the work and trying to figure out a way to skip it. I got my ass kicked on the phones and the doors the first couple of months in the first year. But I did it so much and so often and kept refining my approach 
and then making little tweaks that after a year and a half or two, people started noticing, wow, this kid's getting really good. But it's because I put in those, you know, like you hear the 10,000 hour rule. I put in so many hours. That's why I got good. But you see, you know, my YouTube now and you're like, oh, he was born that way. No, I wasn't. It was a lot of work. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. Dude, that's so good. So many golden nuggets in there. I'm curious just because I want to ask you, like, do you try to mirror and match? Like, are you trying, like, if an older lady comes on the phone and she's softer spoken, do you try to go softer spoken? And I've heard mixed things on this of like, some people say it's just a load of crap. You know, others say it helps build trust. I mean, there's been obviously studies and done on it, but I'm curious, have you seen it in your own practices work for you? Like you're trying to match the voice of the person. If they're aggressive, you're aggressive. If they're soft, you're soft. Absolutely. And and do you know how I have undeniable proof that that's true? Do you guys remember the last time you called the customer service place pissed off and the person on the phone, you're like, what the hell, man? I, I, I need to get an answer because my phone's broken. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm going to do this. I apologize. And when they talk to you that way, what do you do? You get more pissed. You're like, Fuck this me to someone who cares. <laughs> yeah. I want the manager. Right. So that tells me right there, that person did not meet me at my level. They were not marrying and matching me. And I escalated my anger. Every single person unanimously says, well, yeah, that's true. I just didn't think of it. That tells me something. So undeniably, we know that human beings, they like being around, hanging out with, talking to people that are more like them, mm. right? I don't necessarily mean skin color or race, but I mean nuances, our mm -hmm. behaviors, how we are. Typically, people who are a little bit more expressive or what we call social butterflies, do you, do you see them hanging out with wallflowers and vice versa? No, typically you don't. So when we mirror and match, we're basically being strategic with our approach, understanding that in human psychology, so I know, hey, if somebody's aggressive with me at the door, hey, what do you want? I can't be like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. They're going to say, get the hell out of here. Right. And I learned that the hard way. But then when I said, yeah, sir, my name is Brian, they're like, oh, and then they listen to me right. because I match where they're at. Otherwise, if the one who speaks loud or the one who's a little bit more aggressive and you come super soft, what do they think? Well, this person's weak. And the person who comes in soft let's say like the sweet old lady, like you mentioned, and I come in yelling, hello, ma'am. They're like, whoa, this guy's too crazy. Get him out of here. So it's about making it comfortable for the other person that you're talking to. And when you do that, you make, the, you make it easier for them to communicate with you. And that's what it's about is I always say and teach people as the communicator, it's your responsibility to make the communication happen between you, you and the other person. So if they're presenting barriers, it's on you to lessen those barriers or remove them to open the conversation, if that's that makes awesome. sense. awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome point. It's interesting because I agree with you totally. It's like building comfort with people will get them to open up and it builds that trust. What do you do when you're going for the close, right? Because the close is an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. And really to be great at sales, you have to be willing to pe put people 
in an uncomfortable situation. Now, the goal is not their uncomfort, right? But people so making, making a decision, a decision is right. uncomfortable for, for 99% yeah, of human beings. Yeah. How do you go... Is it that you're trying to build a level of comfort and you kind of have a gut feeling of it and you know, okay, I've built enough trust now and comfort that I can ask? Like, what's your tactics there when you're going for the close? Well, what I've learned is if from, I think of the sale as from the moment I say hello to them or we first interact until they sign, right? If we're gonna talk about the actual sale to get them to sign. So I tell people more often than not, the reason you're not able to close or they're not willingly signing is because somewhere along the lines before that moment, you messed up or mm. something wasn't done, right? You didn't dot an I or cross a T, typically. Um, we have that and we also have sometimes people when they go to close are a little bit too aggressive, okay? Like for example, one language pattern that I use, some words that I use is, we know based on human psychology that people they like following most people. They want to know that, hey, I'm, if I buy this phone, this is the phone that most people buy, right? Mm. So one of the language patterns that I use is if they're uncertain, I say, Mr. Client, Mr. Buyer, Mr. Seller, can I tell you what most people do in this situation? <laughs> and then I tell them whatever I want them to do. They go ahead and submit the offer That's or they go ahead and sign because they know it's, it's the best thing. Line. And it's a great line. I use that all the time because... That's what they want to know. Are other people trusting the Stay Paid podcast? Are other people trusting Team BC? And what's crazy is if you just analyze that logically, it makes no sense because <laughs> they could just say, well, show me the proof of most people. Yep. But psychologically, it does something to them. So if I'm going to focus in on the close, it's those two things. Are you using the proper, we can say, language patterns and making it easier with a good delivery? Yeah. Or are you maybe missing something? Is maybe your prequal, your prequalification is a little bit off? Is your presentation a little bit off? Was your initial conversations not that solid to where they really didn't trust you or there was an initial question or objection that they had that you didn't handle back then that's now coming up and resurfacing at the end? And they're giving you that stone wall or I want to think about it, right? So I tactically, I, I think of it as like war, guys. Mm. I say, okay, this is each phase. I need to make sure each phase is done properly. I win every battle. So at the end, they surrender and they sign, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know what? As I'm listening to you, man, it just inspires me because, you know, we interviewed Jarek Glant. He's with Grant Cardone, right? He's the president of Grant Cardone's company. And he talked about the professional in the word sales professional means something. And when you're talking about language patterns and thinking about, I think it's Tom Hopkins. I hope, Ariel, you should look this up. But Tom Hopkins was a sales trainer. He has this video on YouTube, and it's he talks about language patterns a ton mm -hmm. and that words yeah. have power and words make people feel something. And so when you say, I need your signature, you know, it's a lot different than saying, I need your okay. Like the, the, it's mm -hmm. the connotations yeah. and all those things. And I go back and I'm thinking of this other podcast with you, and I go, man, that is where most of us as salespeople freaking suck is because we don't really think about it at that deep level. We're not training to understand Analyzing that your craft. Yeah, every yeah. single word you say really means something. Now, you can't overanalyze because then you won't say anything. You'll never pick up the phone. You'll be questioning everything <laughs> you say and you'll have no certainty. What's the observant? It's observing and learning and adapting. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, yeah, it's analyzing how that person's responding. Yeah. Are you getting those trust signals from them? So are you still doing cold calling a ton in your business today? Do you have an inside sales rep on your team? How does that break down for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously not as hardcore as I was before, you know, door knocking and cold calling six, seven hours a day. Now I have a team 
Uh, my girlfriend, Lloyda, works for me. We have another agent, Valerie. So we're all making calls. Nice. Uh, but we still do regular prospecting as we did before. Um, I have a full-time assistant and those two other agents, and we have a transaction coordinator. That's kind of how my team has evolved. We've done, uh, I think this year, between on and off market referrals and everything else, we'll probably close 52 or 53 transactions, somewhere around there. Jeez, what's your average uh, selling price? Um, this year was probably six thirty, six forty around there. Dang, dude, well done, man. Seriously, that's awesome. How many calls Appreciate will it. you guys make a a day? Uh, total, she's it's got to be. I or would just say like at least. an individual on your team. I'm just asking. So the if a person's wondering how many calls should I make a day, yeah. they could use you as a. I benchmark. mean, I'm making way less now because I'm focusing mainly just expires and sphere of influence. Sure. I'm probably making fifty a day. Okay. But Loida and Valerie are probably still making upwards of two to three hundred a day for sure. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. All right, let's talk about video, man. There's so much you know we could get into still with cold calling, but let's talk about video because I saw recently. I think you got an. Influencer award from BombBomb, right? About doing video, and um, BombBomb's great company. Obviously, they they enable you guys to send video through email and text and stuff like that. You talked about it a little bit on your journey, and you know we're trying to implement in our cold calling right now, where we cold call people if we have a conversation with them, we shoot them a video message, that type of idea. Can you tell us a little bit about how you put video in your sales cycle? You put it in your follow up cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, immediately when we meet anybody, whether through phone call or door to door or any kind of prospecting efforts uh, within 24 hours, they get a video from us for sure. Once they're in our database system, uh, we get and send out one email a week and two out of those four that they get every month include video, whether it's an educational video, a testimonial video, uh, maybe like a featured listing that we got. We'll embed the video in there with like a tour for like a minute uh, specific video we make just for the database. Um, obviously, everything we're doing on social media as far as uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is branded with the team. And in the beginning and at the end, we give a special uh, message and announcement that, hey, we're Team BC. We're in Southern California. We can take care of any referrals that you have for this area. And another thing I, I add that I want people to take note of is I tell people, if you need anything real estate, I can help you worldwide. And a lot of people sleep on that comment when I make it, but I can't tell you of how many extra extra checks I've gotten because somebody messages me on Instagram or YouTube, hey, I'm in France, hey, I'm in New York, I need a real estate agent. Dude, my network now is huge. I can just look in my phone, France, type in France, and there's four realtors that I know there, or in New York, 20, and I send the referral. So I talk to the client a little bit, pre-call them a little bit, send them to the person, I get 25%. And that we're sending- awesome. I think agent to agent referral this year, we closed, we'll close 19 deals. There are agent to agent referral, meaning an agent from out of the area sent us a referral. And I'm not including in those 50 that I said, the ones I've sent out that I've closed because those checks just come or I get a wire and I like forgot about them almost. And I think we've closed referrals that we sent out this year, probably another 15 to 20 easy. And that's simply from changing your mindset of limiting yourself to going, I only work yeah, in... Yeah, I don't do other countries. Yeah, I don't do other countries. Yeah. I don't know. Most people don't even... They limit themselves to their particular town, let alone the <laughs> state, let alone the country. Like, well, uh, it's crazy. Like, you have family members probably all over the country, a lot of people do. Why are you not... Do you guys know where that came agent? from? I hate to interrupt. Do you guys know where that came from, the whole local agent thing? Like, do you guys have any idea, no. like, factually where that came from? No. Okay. This, is, this is some free Wik game Wikipedia? for everybody on the podcast. <laughs> Probably. So back 
back in the back in the 1900s when they sold real estate, right? Um, people forget this. The whole local agent and local expert and all that before the MLS was on the you know the internet. When somebody back in the day, let's say in LA in the 60s or 50s or 70s, when they went to an office, that office that they selected, right, would be the office that they gave the listing to. And only the agents in that office could sell that listing. An outside huh. agent from a different brokerage could not sell the listing. This is where this whole stigma of the local agent came from. And people don't get it. So huh. now, now that you know that, see, and I did my research because I told you guys I'm a geek when it comes to this stuff. And I was getting sick of hearing I want a local agent. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So when anybody gives me that objection, I can literally on that objection, literally like with, 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 with gold, with gold nuggets on it. You know what I mean? Dude, awesome. And I started. So when someone would say that, I would say, by the way, I'm glad you asked that, Mr. Seller. Do you know where the whole local agent designation came from, by the way? Do you know the history of it? And they're like, no, tell me about it. And I get into it. So it once they hear that, they're like, oh, man, I never knew that. Dude, that's fantastic. So right there. The You're educating yeah. and on something at the same time it's beautiful exactly. and telling exactly. a story so, <laughs> so my mind was there's so much that the consumer doesn't know that they're ignorant of not in a bad way they just don't know but so many agents play around and they don't know how to communicate at a high level so they'll play into that instead of educating them and taking them through the process but i don't mind because when i tell them that and no other agent tells them that I just automatically separated myself from everybody else same thing for those of you calling expires and fizbos Try this one where you say, hey, you know what, Mr. Expired, Mr. Fisbo, you may not be ready to work with an agent right now. However, can I give you some advice before I let you go on some red flags? Meaning if you hear this from agents, beware. And they're like, oh, my God, tell me. I'm like, you know what? Get a pen, get a paper. I'm going to go to town and let you know. If you hear this from agents, be very careful. Dude, that is and what fantastic. do I tell them? I tell them all the bull realtors say, oh, I have, you know, six buyers right now. Let me just go take a quick look at the home. Right. And then see if it's a fit for my buyers. I'm like, dude, that's bullshit. And I just go through all the bullshit lines that realtors say. So when I call them back in a week, I'm like, hey, it's Brian. Remember that list that I gave you? How many red flags did you get this week? And they're like, oh, my God, there's been 60 people that called, and more than half of them said half the stuff that you said. You're a genius. Now, dude, that is <laughs> now they love incredible. Now, what I want to designate here, though, is some people will, because I've said that before, and they're like, well, you're bad-mouthing agents. No, I'm not. I'm protecting somebody from some realtors who bullshit. You guys said on a different podcast, somebody said that realtors are idiots. A lot of them have bad practices. Let's be real. Mm. The average agent, most of them have. Why, why does the world hate realtors? Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm bad and that we don't work hard, but there's got to be a reason that so many people hate realtors. So obviously there's a lack of professionalism or something, right. which is another reason. If we're going to discuss another reason I started doing what I'm doing is because of this. Whether people like my style or not. If you look at what I do, what I represent, and what I bring to the table, it doesn't matter where you're from. You have to respect it because I uphold myself to a high level of ethics. I operate my business very well and very clean, and I deliver the result to the client, mm. period. So, And I get that. A lot of top agents and coaches say, you know what, dude? I don't ride with your style. I don't like this, but I respect you, and you're good, and you're good for the industry. They recognize that. So when I have that recognition, going back to what we were talking about, the YouTube commenters and the haters – why would I give a shit about what they have to say when the top people in this industry back me and actually give me a thumbs up? That's all awesome. I need is respect from all I need is respect from my peers, my high level peers and the people who support me, my supporters. That's it. Anything else? I don't care. It just goes in and out. Dude, that's fantastic. Why would I care about anybody else? You know, and the more we get into this, gentlemen, the more I see 
that 90% of the battle, just like I was taught in the beginning, is between your ears. If you can handle that, the rest is pretty simple. It, may, it might not be easy, but it's very simple to get predictable and duplicatable results in this business or any business. That's a golden nugget right there. That is unbelievable. It's so true. It's all in between your ears. It's literally, I would say, 99% of the battle. It's just trying to keep the fight. Just trying to keep Absolutely. going. Trying to keep the mental fortitude Mentally, going. I want to yeah. tie something back for the audience listening, if you guys aren't picking up on this. If you just heard him talk about he does, like he has such confidence in what he delivers for the, for the client. Right. Such certainty in this. He upholds high ethics, runs a clean business and ultimately delivers for the clients. And we just talked about cold calling. And what was the one thing or was really two, but the one real, real thing that made him so powerful in, call, in cold calling was his certainty. And his certainty comes from that belief in how he's running his business and that ability to have that much certainty in the value he delivers, he can then portray that on the phone, even though he might not feel it in between the six <laughs> inches of his, in between his ears, but he can deliver that with such certainty. And it's like, that is the absolute key because when I'm feeling great, man, it's, I'll use our sales for, for an example, like our record day, Right. So we, we close yeah. like 261, 261 accounts in a day, which is for us is unreal. Like 261 nice. new real estate agents and business owners, financial signing up. But the, the confidence, the certainty on the sales floor, we had guys closing that I hate to say it, they're not the best. Close. They're, they're just in training. Well, they haven't been on the board <laughs> close, close nine deals. Yeah. Close nine new agents because the, the room, the certainty yeah. in the room, it was like the energy. And what does that teach you? It teaches you, man, okay, yes, there are tactics that matter, techniques that matter. There is training, all that. But there's also this mental state that you have to get yourself in. You have to vibrate at that state. And it's really, really hard. And, and, and if anybody's a follower of Tony Robbins, I mean, this is what he has spent his life really yeah. teaching people how to do and change their physiology change and their mindset. state and yep. their mindset and all that stuff. So good, man. That's such a good golden nugget. It's unbelievable. And if I can add guys real quick, you know, I'm not one of these guys like, you know, you see on TV, the million dollar listing guys that have and sell a billion in volume and they're doing 500 or a thousand deals a year and all that. Like we're at the bottom end of producers for the top people. So I'm not standing on this foundation of I'm number one in the country and all that, but we're profitable. I have very little expenses and I just run and operate my business the right way. And that's what it's about. Cause mm. I, a lot of people hate on me and say, well, he doesn't sell 600 homes like this guy. It's like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm very profitable and I do it right. And I'm literally demonstrating to people. I built it from the ground up with prospecting old school methods that you were told previously to this many times that it's dead but it works. Mm. And you know what? And this is a, a last nugget I can leave for people who still might be on the fence about prospecting. I've always believed this. I don't know if it's true, but there's so many people who I've come across door knocking and cold calling in particular that when, when I think about it and I, and I maybe close the deal or I set the appointment, I'm like, how is this person still out there? How have they not met with an agent? And I realized, you know what? There's always going to be a percentage of people that until that salesperson that's good talks to them, they're not going to make a decision or move forward with the transaction until we get in front of them. And I remember telling that the first day to everybody that I train, even my coaching clients, like in my modern success program, I'm like, that needs to be like your mantra every single day. There's opportunity out there. And I've experienced it myself. I get at least three or four a year, guys where I hang up and I'm like, what, how is this person, how are they not already sold? 
Like what they told me, they've been wanting to do it for a year. How the hell are they still like sitting there like uh, waiting yeah, for a realtor? How did I find you know? this person? Yeah. yeah. And like, because everyone will say, well, you can just go online and find a realtor. I remember being told that. I've door knocked guys in Beverly Hills and we're told by people on their second floor, what the hell are you doing door knocking? That doesn't work. We can just go online and find a realtor. And then the next door I knock on, lady's like, oh, you're a realtor. My daughter wants to buy. And then the Jeez. realtor that I was with at that time, who was from Beverly Hills, we put a deal together and closed her on a home two months later. The next door after the lady <laughs> told us, what are you doing door knocking? It doesn't work. There is a great book, man. That is unbelievable. There's a great book, Embrace the No. This idea of embracing the no and learning that it's just like that mindset of abundance, that training your mind, that it's just like there is a deal out there. And it's going to be this grind and it's frequency before greatness. And it's the idea of the person who touches the most people. And this is Tom Ferry. He who touches the most people wins. Meaning like if you can, real estate's, uh, you know, obviously touch sport, like as they say, so you're going to be full contact, literally contacting people 24 seven. And so it's just so funny how in its simplicity, it's easy in its application it's so hard for people and it just comes down to that mental battle is will you get up today and do the things you got to do that you know will drive success you don't have to create a magic formula you don't have to create a magic system the system is out there add your personality to it and start pounding the pavement and you will start having success so i got to ask you brian you know because i'm a junkie for obviously self-development that's what I love. I love this Stay Pay podcast arena just because it gives me the opportunity to interview people like you. I'm curious, what are the routines that you've implemented in your life that you have seen that has driven success for you as you look back? Absolutely. Uh, every day I spend at least two hours reading, um, listening to lectures and something educational for sure. Most of that is reading. I think there's no replacement for reading a paperback book. Um, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. I'm not even really a big audiobook guy. You know, I'll listen to a podcast in the car from time to time, but I'm just very old school. I like to sit down and read and highlight. I just feel like there's something, I don't know, um, ancient about that, I guess. Meditation. I meditate at least 20, 30 minutes a day, typically in the morning. Helps keep me more level. And I find myself having less emotional swings either way throughout my days and weeks. Uh, keeps me a lot more level, level-headed, especially, you know, in heated situations when they come up. You get an upset client. You're out talking to people and things might get heated. I find myself being a lot more resistant to that. You know what I mean? Um, I went vegan four years ago and it oh, helped wow. me tremendously. Yeah. With my focus, uh, clearing up mental fog and you know, my skin, my energy, my recovery, uh, it's just overall been a blessing as far as what it's done for me, you know, mm. physically and mentally. Um, if there's anything else, I would just say, man, overall, having a schedule and actually sticking to it, you know, because I don't want to get too crazy with what I say. It's it's very fundamental things. Yeah. Anybody has gotten advice. I guess the only difference is I've been a lot more willing, even from the beginning to, you know, if I have a coach like Mike Ferry, you know, it was a thousand bucks a month for a 30 minute phone call a week. But I still forked it out because wow. it, it lit that fire under my ass. And I was like, you know what, even though it's only 30 minutes you know, uh, I, I need to, I need to do something, right? I, I can't do what everybody else does and expect a different result. I need to elevate. I need to do everything at the next level to take it to the next level. And every year, 
Uh, I spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on courses and seminars and not all of them are good, but it doesn't matter. It's the fact that I'm willing to do it. I'm always looking to improve. I think that keeps that hungry spirit and energy in me that keeps me progressing. And then it rubs off on the people around you. Because for many people that don't know, when you start running a team and you have people around you and employees, you now are a leader, which is a different skill set than selling. Mm. So, you know, you have to keep ramping it up. Then you have more responsibilities. It's not like when you make more money and you have more success, it's easier. On the contrary, it's more <laughs> difficult, more stress and everything else. But you got to level up with that. That's why I think people crash. They don't level up in accordance with what's happening on the outside. They start making more money, then they hit that ceiling, and internally they haven't developed or been ready for that next level, then they go back down. And that's why I think a lot of people yo-yo, is they're not ready for that next level to stay at it, and that's why they keep going up and down, up and down, you know? I love that. I love that. Don't be the yo-yo. Do not be. Hashtag no yo-yo. Yeah, no yo-yo. Hashtag level up. Yo no. No, what is it? Pound sign. Level up. Pound sign. (laughs) Brian, man, thank you so much for being here. That was fantastic. Before we close out, please let people know how they can follow you, how they can find you. Uh, Brian Casella. That's my handle on Instagram, YouTube. I'm very... I don't know if this is a real word or not. I haven't confirmed it. I'm Googleable. Googleable. Is that a real word? Or yes, not? that is a new word. Googleable. We love it. This is we're coming up on 2020 here. Googleable is a word. Oh we'll man, get that in there. We'll have all of those links as well to Brian's site and everything that you can find. He's got a ton of courses on his. Oh website, guys, I guys. mean, we have barely well, scratched the surface. He's got he's got door to door mastery 101, cold calling mastery, listing presentation mastery, image of entrepreneurs talking about how the art of image and what you can do to stand out amongst others. Objection handling, mastering volume two, which you know there's a volume one if there's a volume two. Yeah, this guy's the real deal. It's just, as you can tell. You know what I also love is like when we were interviewing him and I asked him, you know, hey, what do you do with uh, when someone says not interested? Yeah. He's like, well, there's no magic word. I mean, I've tried stuff. It has to work. That's the sign of a real person. <laughs> That's how you know you've come across somebody that actually He's not makes selling phone snake calls. oil. Someone who just immediately, like, well, here's how you overcome, you know, not interested. It's like, yeah, you you don't make a lot of phone calls. <laughs> I mean, there's techniques, but at the end of the day, there's no magic word. So anyways, Thanks real deal, I really appreciate you having on. And thank you, listeners, so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode and get those links, like I mentioned, go over to staypaidpodcast.com. You can also get this video where you can see uh, mine and Luke's new headphones and mics. Yeah, uh, we, we got, got the setup. beats. You, you know, I heard they put weights in these headphones just to make them feel fancier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we got well, suckered in. The power of marketing. Spending a Luke billion and Josh dollars got suckered into $200 beats. How, how expensive were these beats? 200 bucks something. It's bad. Let's move on. I don't know. Uh, hey, guys. and if you're interested in supporting the show, here's what most people do. Yes. You see how that tie in happened? Yes. Most people yes. go to iTunes and rate us five stars and leave a comment, <laughs> and they also tell a friend about us and share on social media. They're freaking gold. That's a gold. You don't have to, but most people do. But most people do. If you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. And for this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. So many golden nuggets that you can apply. But the action item that I really want you to apply, because we talked a lot about cold calling and a lot about this art of being able to do it well, be professional. I want you to practice this idea of making people comfortable and having certainty. And that certainty comes from frequency, meaning if you do it over and over and over again. So the action item is if you're making 50 phone calls, make 200 like Brian's team, right? Be, be frequent so you can start becoming certain. And then this idea of making people feel comfortable, he practically said he, he thinks, he physically thinks about, is my voice tight? Like in my throat, am I hunched over? Am I standing up? 
Start standing up when you make these phone calls. Like practice the art of making people feel comfortable mirroring and trying to match when you call these people on the phone and see if you, when you ask this question of why they've stayed on the phone with you and why they've talked to you, if you start getting that same answer as Brian, where you seem more certain and that it's comfortable talking to you. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in literally every industry is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 